0: Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at K.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. Rose for the end zone. Oh, it's intercepted. The third Buffalo takeaway today. It's a throw! That's going to be a Buffalo touchdown to Gabriel Davis. But he's got some blocks. John Brown zooming inside the five. First and goal, Buffalo. Plenty of time for Josh Allen. Wide open. And touchdown, Buffalo Bills! This is the Buffalo Nerd with Colt Schroeder.
1: What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. I uh, appreciate you guys being here. Thank you very much. Uh, this week, I am joined by—I'm uh, a big fan of him. I watch a lot of his stuff. I was just watching him over the weekend again. Uh, I'm joined by Pat Moran this week. Uh, super excited! I'd, I'd say you're pretty much uh, like a Buffalo legend at this point, right? <laughs> or, or you're very, you're, very, you're trending in that direction. You're, you're the upper echelon of Bills. Media coverage, I would say, right? Maybe,
2: maybe my own mind, Colt man. Maybe, uh, but that's a well. Obviously, in my mind too. Well, I appreciate that, man. I just, I don't know. I just like to talk to interesting people and have conversations and uh, try to have fun with this whole podcasting thing. I will tell you what, though, just for you for this show today, I just drank my first cup of coffee that I've had in about two and a half weeks. So I'm like all kinds of (laughs) wired up right now.
1: I've been trying to not drink coffee. (laughs) Excellent. And we just found out a little bit of news, right? That we'll get into here in a little bit. So we can get you all fired up. And I actually have not had a cup of coffee in nine months. Wow! I I, kind of quit because uh, my stomach was, I was having trouble with my stomach and they were kind of like, take everything away. Right. And I took it away and then like, it started working out. So then I was just like, man, I guess I'm not drinking coffee anymore. (laughs) Right. You know, like, so I've tried quitting
2: coffee because I'm trying to cut some weight and I don't have normal coffee. Like if I have coffee, I get like the Cocoa Pebbles International Delight Creamer <laughs> or the Snickers Creamer. So I have, you know, I put like three or four tablespoons worth and if you have three or four of those a day, that's more than all the carbs and the sugars I'm supposed to have in a day. And that's just with the coffee without having anything to eat. So it's right. worked, but I am also, I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of craving the the right. chocolate and, and, and the carbs and the sugar. So I finally caved in today, man. I said, so you, you know are,
1: what? you are a normal
2: person. I am a normal person. Uh, oh, okay. I want to be a little right. little more wired up for our, our conversation, man.
1: Excellent. It's good to be I out. appreciate it. Yeah, so I actually went into work this morning, too, and I'm pumped to be not at work, so I'm super pumped to be chatting with you, too. Uh, and so we'll kind of kick it off like we normally do. I think most people know who you are, Pat, but you want to do just like a quick little intro of yourself, kind of what you're all about? You know, just a quick thing in your show. I know we're going to chat about it more later, but it's up to you.
2: Yeah, sure, man. My name is Patrick Moran. I am the host of Talking Buffalo Podcast. It's on every Tuesday, every Friday, and I have some bonus episodes now that I'm kind of scattering throughout. And essentially, I just have people from the world of sports media and athletes and entertainers, just interesting people on and just, for the most part, have long-form conversations. And uh, it's I try to be a little bit different than a lot of Buffalo. Like, this isn't necessarily a Buffalo Bills podcast, what I do. I have plenty of topics that are Sabres-related News media related. It's not always about sports. I've had people on the show from American Idol, from The Voice. Had some authors on the show. You know, a lot of national sports media people as well. So I don't know. It's kind of a variety just type of deal. And uh, yeah, Tuesdays and Fridays. Talk Buffalo podcast. And uh, like I said, I am doing now bonus episodes. So pretty much three a week. I'm I'm pumping out at this point.
1: Awesome. Always fun though, man. Yeah. I know that's, that's when I started venturing on my own. That was one of the things that really drove me to want to do it was that I just want to chat with people. Right. I, I love the bills. Right. And that's what I'm going to, I'm going to always circle back and that's where I'll fall. Right. That's my resting place. That's where I was built. Right. Like, sure. So I'll always be there, but it's cool to chat with other people. Like uh, next week, I think I'm going to be having um, a guy, uh, Jimmy Christensen. He does a Packers, you know, podcast. So I want to, I want to get the opinions of other people, you know, and see what they think of the bills. I mean, sure. you get to hear the, you get, I listen to the Joe Millers and the, you know, Jay Spence's of the world and I love them, you know, and that's why I listen to them. Um, but that's Buffalo's opinion, right? A lot of the time too. And so it's cool to hear some outsider's view and I appreciate the Packers are to me um, very similar, you know, and just franchise and city style and things like that to Buffalo. So uh, it's cool. I want to, you know, I want to chat up with him and uh, he, he does, uh, you know, a podcast of his own. So it's, I'm looking forward to it next week. So it's yeah. going to be fun. One of, one of one of my favorite things
2: to do with my podcast is have Buffalo Bills or Sabres conversations with people who aren't in Buffalo. Because I think Buffalo media, Buffalo bloggers, podcasters, sports fans, you tend naturally and understandably so to be a little bit skewed. So I like to have the outsider perspective. Like I had a Buffalo Bills just last week, a free agency preview show with the Benjamin Albright was on the show and you know, he's out. a national guy and. He doesn't have no emotional attachment to the Bills, So if he doesn't like moves that they're making, he's going to say that. He'll talk about the team openly and honestly with no bias. So it's always good to be able to get that outside perspective on your team and just learn about others.
1: Yeah, I had uh, Russell Baxter on a little while back. I'm not sure if you know who Russell is, but he uh, he told me that when we were talking pre show, I was like, you know, do you have like a team, you know, a favorite team? Like, who's your team? And he was like, no, I'm you know, he's like, I've lasted in this industry for 40 years by being biased. Right. Like, I don't I don't have a team. Right. I have an opinion about all teams, but I don't have a specific team, right? So, uh, so as we do here on the Buffalo Nerd, we'll kind of transition real quick um, is we like to chat up charities, you know, we like to chat up organizations, Uh, you know, the Bill's Mafia are all about, you know, doing good and, you know, always helping out, right? So uh, that's, this is my way to kind of try to help out uh, in ways with my time, you know, and effort. Um, And so uh, everybody, I think knows if you saw the first episode, uh, you know, my spotlight charity for the year actually is um, the Cerebral Palsy Foundation. Um, You know, my son Calvin was born with cerebral palsy. Uh, I have an aunt with cerebral palsy. So, you know, it hits home. Uh, It's close to me. Uh, They're a great organization. Uh, It's also actually this month is also, you know, the Cerebral Palsy Foundation, you know, month, you know, so uh, it's pretty cool. And coming up next week on Thursday, the 25th is actually Cerebral Palsy, you know, the National Awareness Day. So it's go green, you know, so next Thursday, make sure you're wearing your green, save all that stuff you had from St. Patty's Day. Uh, You get to wear, you know, another week here in the upcoming. So make sure you check that out for me this week so it's cool Uh, we're going to highlight them again this week and uh, all their information will be you know in the show notes so you guys can go help out if you can Uh, another piece that we're going to touch on this week which is cool because um, Pat is uh, good buddies with uh, Mr. Del Reed who does you know an excellent thing too and he's been doing it for a very long time with a great team over there at 26 shirts so uh, Pat you want to touch on them real quick of why you kind of wanted to choose and just highlight them again as your charity for the week well, I've always been blown away by Dell Reed for going back
2: probably a good five, six years now. They started 26 shirts back in 2013. And Dell's vision at the time was pretty simple, just to help people. And for people who don't know their concept, what they do, it used to be every two weeks. Now it's literally every week. They roll out a new shirt. And the shirts are really cool. You know, they're comfortable, they they look good, they're sporty to wear. So you buy the shirt and you look good but every time you buy a shirt money from that shirt goes directly to a specific cause not just you know one general cause all the time every shirt has a different campaign so one week if you buy a shirt for whatever that cause is money from that shirt that you purchase is going to help that cause that charity whatever worthy cause that is next time next week same deal you buy a shirt and uh, money goes to that charity. And they've raised over a million bucks now since starting in 2013. I mean, this is a mom and pop t-shirt place that Dell pretty much started. And, uh, you know, just through these designs on Twitter or, or Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be. And it's really caught on. And now it's one of the more popular things. But Dell is a, he's a legitimate good dude. I said this on my show. Dell's on my show every Friday now. And we spend time talking about 26 shirts and the cause that's going on for that week. And Dow feels as comfortable talking about the city of Buffalo in Western New York, as he does talking about the bills or anything else. I call him, he's one of Buffalo's favorite sons. Mm-hmm. And I mean that and, that, and that's how I feel about him, but they help a lot of people. And it, uh, I don't know, you know, sometimes you give money and it, and it always feels good to, to give to a charity but they, they just go above and beyond, man. Dell has formed 26 shirts as a company. I shouldn't just say Dell because Dell's just a piece. It's, It's a family there. It's a, it's a group. It's an organization that does a lot collectively, not just one person, but they do a lot of stuff for people. They're involved in a lot of things and you see 26 shirts involved with a lot of worthy charitable causes. And, uh, yeah, I'm just blown away by the work that Dell does and that 26 shirts does. And, uh, like I said, every single week they're and they work hard. I just had a couple of conversations with him on the show about it, asking him to kind of take me a little bit through the process because, you know, Colt, you go on Twitter and every week you'll see whatever shirt it is that they have for sale. And there's a lot of work that goes into that from the conception right. of it to whether it's their own person or hiring a, a freelancer to do the design, to the, to the marketing, to the the production of the shirt, and then eventually getting it out. It's a lot of work. And uh, they do great, man. So I'm just really proud of Dell and 26 shirts. And uh, I love standing by them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely something that, you know, you can always talk up because they're always doing good things. And the other awesome piece about it is it's, it's always something different, right? They touch a lot of different aspects of things that are going on right? It's not just cancer. It's not just sure. this, right? It's they're hitting all sorts of different things while it's happening. And you, you know, you touched on a little bit that they're a team, like in, they collaborate, right? Which creates, you know, more, you meet the family a little bit of, you know, whoever you're helping at that time or the person that's being helped, you know, like this, this right now, the current shirt is the being the builder. Right. Um, so if you haven't seen that one yet, it's cool. Right. And it's obviously perfectly fitting for what's taking place right now during free agency and what's been taking place for the past three yeah. years. Right. You yeah. know, and that's actually supporting a young man named Trenton Washburn, who uh, he's a ninth grader. Uh, he lives in Perry. Um, that's actually I grew up in Fillmore. So he he's not far from where I grew up, you know, and so that hits home a little more to me. Uh, he has a, a form of leukemia. Right. And he's going to, you know, going to be doing dealing with, you know, it looks like chemotherapy for the next two to three years of his life, you know, as a, as a ninth grade kid, right? So he's going to be going through a battle. Uh, You know, his family is going to be going through a battle in this being the builder shirt. Uh, you know, is hopefully going to give them some funds that'll make it a little bit easier on them. Right. I mean, it's it's obviously going to be a challenge. But when you you know, my mom passed from cancer and I know that people would have around have to support that. Right. And it takes a lot of effort to be able to support somebody being in the hospital or getting to chemo and doing all these things. Right. So that family is going to be dealing with more than just the reality that's in front of them. Right. They have to get them to that reality and always be at that reality. So it's an awesome cause. Uh, The shirt's really cool. It's fun. You know, it's a great shirt. So, and Trenton, if you ever hear this dude, just keep grinding, man, keep kicking ass, keep doing your thing. And, you know, you're going to have a huge family supporting you, you know, behind you in the mafia as always. Right. So this week is another great shirt. And like Pat mentioned next week, it's going to be somebody else that's looking for some assistance with another story that a lot of us can relate to. You know, we've probably had somebody that's had cancer, you know, like I have, or dealt with different things, heart attacks, different things, you know, heart disease and things like that. You know, we've all had things. So I think it's really cool what they do Uh, when you brought it up and we're kind of like, well, we could do 26 shirts. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I know they get talked about a lot, right? But it's for a good reason. It is. And
2: I'm glad you presented it that way. And, and you gave a shout out to Trenton too, because the money matters a lot, but you know what else matters? Support. And again, not just Dell, not just 26 shirts. It's like, I mean, the risk is sounding a little bit cheesy. It's a family in a way when people are buying shirts, you're helping financially contribute to whatever cause is going on, but you're also showing love. You're also showing support. And these people, and Dell talks about this a lot. These people feel that. It's not how many shirts are sold. It's not how many dollars go to whatever fund it is to help, whether it's medical costs or transportation or any of that stuff. It's the love and it's the support that people are giving them that makes this feel like a one large Extended family again, like it was. Whether it's him or the week before, there was a Lord of the Wing shirt, which I'm a chicken wing guy, so I love that shirt, man. And you know, I'm getting that. But uh, you know, it supported a a 31 year old young man who died at 31 years old unexpectedly, and helping the family. And that family's devastated. They're broken. They're crushed. But that love and that support that people are showing buying these shirts again, it's not just the the financial, which does matter obviously, but it's just the love and the support, And, and, and that means a lot, man. It really does.
1: Well, yeah. And they've even taken it further now, right? To where 26 shirts is in other cities, right? So it's, I mean, they're, they're spreading the wings now too, right? And they've, they've got people in other cities now that have this same kind of determination that Dell and the rest of the team has, you know, to be present in people's lives that, you know, need somebody to be present you know, so very cool. Uh, so Dell absolutely love you, man, and what you're doing and everybody at 26 shirts. we wanted to give you guys a shout out again. Uh, so thank you very much for everything. And remember next Thursday, the 25th, uh, where you're green, you know, cerebral palsy awareness day. All right. Shall we talk about some football? Yeah, man, let's go. Let's all let's, right. Cool. to Talk about. So, so I guess we we weren't really planning on really hitting on the tight end, and I kind of felt like I didn't really want to mess with the tight end too much because everybody was talking about the tight end, and it was like the it was like the stop gate, right? It was like, what's happening with the tight end? Why aren't we signing Ertz? What's going on, right? And like everybody else is signing, and I was kind of like, I I don't care really if we get Ertz. And then today we we sign looks like Jacob Hollister from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, You know, he, 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 to me, when I, I don't know a ton about him, right. I've watched Seattle quite a bit, but he feel he feels to me similar to what Jake Kummerow was in green Bay. He's, he's a system guy that understands and he works and he plays football and he commits to what you're doing. And he might not make massive plays and do all these things. Right. But he's going to do all the little things at the right time. I feel like he's one of those guys. Well,
2: Let me start here. Let's unpack this a little bit. To me, Jacob Hollister represents the biggest thing that this means is that the Bills are ready to go forward and give Dawson Knox another year to be their number one tight end. I think Jacob Hollister is signed to be what they were hoping that Tyler Croft would have been. And let me go back a little bit further too. I told you how just a week ago when I had Benjamin Albright on the podcast, I really enjoy getting an outsider's perspective a more of a a national perspective, which by the way, they're not always right. Sometimes they're very wrong because you can make the argument, well, they're not in the trenches in Buffalo. They don't see as much, but again, it's more of a, an unbiased opinion from people like that. I was, but I, by everything he said during my interview with him, the thing that kind of struck me the most I asked him about Zach Ertz, and I asked him at the time because this was before uh, tampering Perry started. I asked him about Hunter Henry, and I asked him about Johnu Smith, and I was a little bit taken back because Benjamin said that he was very high on Dawson Knox and that he really likes him a lot, and that he's only play you know he's only had production for a couple of years. They didn't he didn't catch the ball and even not even college at Ole Miss, so he's still kind of a work in progress. And as a listen, as a bills, because we're all bills fans at the end of the day, at least to some extent, it's frustrating to watch Dawson Knox play football because he looks like Zach Ertz or George Kittle in any given game or quarter or, or even just a drive, whatever. But then he drops big passes, commits bad penalties, misses bad blocks to this day. When you say the name Dawson Knox, I think back to the 2019 playoffs and the Houston game in overtime where he whiffed on a block where had he made that block, Josh Allen at worst gets the Bills in the easy field goal range and the Bills end up beating Houston in overtime. You know right. what I'm saying? So there's there's a lot of room to grow. But I think this moves indicates two things. Number one, I think the, the interest in Zach Ertz was legitimate, but I think the Bills had a price. Compensation-wise, you know, in terms of what they would pay Philly, and I think Philly was trying to hold on and get more, Mm-hmm. And again, that combined with Dawson Knox leads him to Jacob Hollister, who's he's OK. You know, fun fact, by the way, I don't know if you knew this or not, but he played college football with Josh Allen
1: oh, at really? Wyoming. Yeah. OK. Then, yeah, then he, that makes all the sense in the world right now. Yeah.
2: Two years ago in 2019, he had 41 catches, 300, about 350 yards. He's had three touchdown catches the last two years. And I sort of remember, like, without looking up the stats off the top of my head, I think he catches his touchdowns, like, all within a one- or two-week span because he becomes a hot waiver-wire fantasy football tight end for, like, one or two weeks, and then you pick him up, and then he ends up doing nothing.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. But I
2: I, I think the key at the end of this is Dawson Knox because the Bills are – they haven't had much luck when it comes to acquiring the tight ends. I mean, last year they made a play for Greg Olson, and he ultimately didn't sign with him. They were interested in Ertz, and I'm sure they were interested in some of these guys, but I don't know. At the end of the day, uh, he's okay. I mean, you could do worse than Jacob Hollister, but to me, it's going to be about Dawson Knox. And this is a wide receiver centric offense. Anyways, I'm not as concerned about it as others. Zach Ertz to me is more of a guy. He's a good player. He's much better than what we have, but he was expensive. He would have been a one year rental essentially. And, uh, his production is kind of falling off and he's 31 years old. So it's not like he's
1: going to get younger. You know what I mean? He's only getting older. So I'm fine with this move. Yeah. I mean, I, it looks like there, it looks like Philly might've been hanging on around to like a third round pick for him. Plus you got to take on his salary after that too, unless he's willing to drop his number. So I I didn't really see it as like a a great move. I see everybody's need. And I think, I, I feel like everybody is really focused on it because Bean mentioned it, you know, at the, in his closing at the end of the season that they felt like they, nobody respected the tight end, but like you mentioned, then they go and get Emmanuel Sanders. Right. So it's like, what, aren't they just saying we don't really care? We're just going to do what we were going to do again. And hopefully Dawson Knox will shine this year and hopefully he'll step into the, what we're hoping he's going to be. I honestly thought that at the end of last year that we were going to keep Croft again and just ask him to come back at nothing. Right. And, and, and roll it back again because he, they don't really seem to care about the position that much. So I, I think it's, I didn't know the little fact about Josh Allen. So that's kind of interesting and should prove to be a little fun. You know, and maybe I all I remember of this guy. Is he's like another one of the long hair guys hanging out of the helmet type of deal. Right. And he makes like an occasional touchdown. And it's usually like probably from like four to five yards away from the end zone.
2: Yeah. So. And I will say this about Hollister too quickly. His production in the last two years has been better than Dawson Knox's the last two years. So uh, I don't want to I want to make sure that I don't try to make Hollister signing seem like it's just a, a bottom of the roster. Nothing right. but depth signing. And he's only 27 years old. They like him. I still like Dawson Knox. A lot of people like Dawson Knox, but Dawson Knox has a lot to prove. Maybe these two guys going into into camp this summer and is going to be a legitimate competition. And look, neither of these guys need to beat Travis Kelsey. The Bills, again, they're a very wide receiver pass happy offense. These guys don't need to be all pros. But yeah, I think you're going to probably see a,
1: a legitimate training camp battle. And who doesn't like watching that? Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's great what Bean does in a lot of these things. And he, he does really well with the one year deal typically. Right. And if he, he goes to, he probably got to the point where it was like, we're not going to get the tight end upgrade this year that we were looking for. Right. It's just, it's not happening right now. So I'm going to take the best thing that I know I can get right now and make sure that if Knox does falter, I've got a guy that's played in the league. He knows what he's doing. He's obviously got familiarity with Josh. Right. And he's going to have probably the best wide receiver core around him that he's ever been around to open the field up for him on top of that. Right. So I, I feel like it's a, a good, cheap, easy, good, good kind of move, right. That it's a safe move, uh, cheap. And that's what we got to do right now.
2: Yeah. You go, you got Dawson Knox, you give Dawson Knox another year, Hollister's contracts for one year. You see if one of these two guys can emerge as a, a legitimate number one tight end. And if they don't, Hey, you go into the next offseason and that's a very high priority. I think to some extent it was a priority this season but I think that again, in a way, they were ready to give Knox another year. So, I, I, as as I, because this just happened, how long before we started taping this? I'm as I'm digesting it more. I, I kind of like the move. Let's allocate some of the money that they would have paid Hurts, maybe to a defensive end or to a corner or something like that. Well, but we'll talk about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, absolutely. I I think it's it's just. To me, these are the moves that Bean is doing right now. Like we were going to, we were going to talk about Trubitsky already. Right. And to me, I, I felt like that's a brilliant move, right. It it makes so much sense. You have to look at it on a lower level, right. And kind of not get rid of the face value of what it looks like and why would he want to be here? And I don't care about any of that. What I do understand is that they got an upgrade immediately, right? Like if if Josh happens to go down i feel a little more comfortable rolling a guy out there that can fit the system more than Barkley can right he can complete a lot more of what we need to do as an offense so i liked it in that aspect and i feel like if he can just have a decent year around us that we've just gotten ourselves a third round pick next year because he's going to go somewhere and he's going to be successful or we're going to trade him because somebody's going to believe that he is turned it around. Right. And I feel like that's just a low key at $2 million for a safety net and the possibility of getting third round pick next year, which I think will happen is I I find it to be brilliant. What do you think? What do you think about where do you stand on Trubisky move? Well, it goes
2: twofold here from the team perspective. When, when the move first happened, first of all, it was surprising. I don't think anybody saw this coming. So it was kind of natural to have a little bit of a shock reaction, kind of a lot of knee-jerk reactions. Around the league, people are laughing, or were I should say, a lot of fans, at least I'm not necessarily media people. Because, I mean, let's face it here. Got to look at facts. Mitch Trubisky, to this point of his career, is going to be known as a bust. He was the second overall pick. In the draft in 2017, four years in the NFL, he's always going to be the guy in Chicago that they moved up for and traded to get over to Sean Watson and over Patrick Mahomes, which is, that's rough. You know, Bills fans who still to this day lament the fact that the Bills traded out of 10, hey, at least you got yourself Tredavious White and good picks, which kind of sort of turned into Josh Allen anyway. But what about being the Chicago Bears? You moved out to number two and you took Mitch Jerbinski, so and now he plays for us. <laughs> right. And he, yeah, right. Exactly. And he's so in that aspect, he, he's a bust. OK, he was inconsistent. And I'm not I'm not the kind of guy called to make up excuses for the bills like on my podcast. I, I admit this openly. I'm a Bills fan, but I'm going to be the first to blast the team if I don't like something when, when I'm behind the microphone, fandom goes out the window. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm very open and honest about how I feel about the team and a lot of players can no problem criticizing that said I'm not here to make up excuses for why Mitch Trubinsky wasn't more successful but when you look at the Bears parts of that offense was always flawed like they had a couple good linemen but there was always one or two really bad weak links in that offensive line they brought in a bunch of tight ends Burden and Jimmy Graham a couple other guys it was like a revolving door at tight end it just never stuck with them Allen Robinson's one of the elite receivers in the NFL. I love him. He's one of the best receivers in the whole league. But outside of him, guys like Miller, they just had a bunch of guys who were really inconsistent. When their backfield for weeks. too. Yeah, they had never no no consistency in the in the backfield. Montgomery's all right, but right. there was nothing about that offense that scared you. Now, again, could risky have played better? Absolutely. You know, but so that said. I understand, or that's an excuse, and I, I get the whole bust thing. But don't compare, and the people who are laughing or saying that, why would you sign Mr. Binsky? Well, it's an obvious reason. Don't compare him to any starter in the NFL right now. Don't do it. Don't. In fact, you know what? Don't compare him to any other backup quarterback in the NFL right now. There's only one person that anybody who wants to evaluate the signing should, should compare Mr. Binsky to, one person only. And that's Matt Barkley. That's it. As good as the Buffalo Bills were last year. God forbid if Josh Allen went down, that's it. That's a wrap. The season's over. I like Matt Barkley for the record. I think he deserves a lot of credit, not for anything he did on the field, but off the field, I've talked to players. I've heard from players. I've seen them be public about it. Matt Barkley had an awful lot to do with the growth in the Off field and to some extent on field maturation of Josh Allen. He deserves a lot of credit for that. He was an asset to the Buffalo Bills organization, without question. That said, Mitch Strabinsky is just a straight up better quarterback. (laughs) It's not close either. There's not a case, I've heard a couple people on Twitter debating this, but there's no case to be made. Mitch Strabinski is is a better quarterback. If you're building a team to win a Super Bowl, and you could say the same thing, not just Buffalo. If the Kansas City Chiefs, if Mahomes goes down, guess what? They're done, right? Mm-hmm. Chad Hennie going to win, lead them to a Super Bowl? No. You could take Tampa Bay. If Tom Brady goes down, is Blaine G- Gabbard going to take him to a Super Bowl? No, it's it, right? And you could say that for almost any team. But w- in this situation right now, if Josh Allen does go down, at least Mitch Trubisky gives you a, a puncher's chance. He gives you a fighter's chance. I mean, he was 29 and 21. All this bad stuff about him, inconsistent play. Yeah. He was still Got a winning, winning record. Yeah, he had a winning record, man. So from a team aspect, this is a no-brainer. It's obvious. Now, for Mitch Trubisky's ads, um, from his side of the fence, you're like, well, why would he sign with the Buffalo Bills for one year when Josh Allen's the starter, second in MVP voting? Well... Again, that's pretty obvious. He's going to use this year to reset his career. He's going to a good organization. He's going to a proven winner, offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. He'll help him. He's got great weapons around him. (laughs) He's got some of the best weapons in the NFL. I don't think there's a better one to four wide receiver tandem right now in the NFL than the Buffalo Bills. And he probably sees himself in the same type of situation that Jameis Winston and... Andy Dalton were in last year, maybe Fitzpatrick too, although he ended up, you know, being the starter there, but he sees himself in a situation where he's going to be a backup on a good team. He might get an opportunity to play, but he can go and you kind of hit on this. He reset the market for himself next year. These guys, like again, Winston and Andy Dalton, they had to sign cheap backup deals last year. Now look, Jameis Winston is now the starter for the Saints. He just signed. <laughs> Andy Dalton went to the team that Mitch Trubisky just left, Chicago. Mm-hmm. He's a starter now, at least for the moment anyway. So I think that's his mindset. And $2.5 and I mean, come on. He's only like about $350,000 more than what they would have paid Matt Barkley. So mm-hmm. it's a no brainer to me. I just, it's a good move and, and it gives Buffalo some insurance in case Josh Allen goes down, which that's the only thing that Bills fans should care about.
1: Right. I actually, uh, as as we were, you were talking through that more, what if uh, Trubisky just goes wherever Dabble goes next year as a head coach? I mean, he could be sitting in a perfect driver's seat to go help reset an organization with a guy that he gets to spend a year with. And then he goes to a team that doesn't have a quarterback, obviously, probably if they're down in the bottom of the barrel where Dable or Dabble is going to probably end up or potentially have a job at. So he might have just segued himself into a, a perfect little move into his next job, you know, so you never know. But I think it's a great move for everything that you mentioned on top of because that was the only thing that ever really scared me was and it wasn't even that Barkley I know is not as good it was always that I felt we would have to change who we were and I did not want to do that and I think with Trubisky we do not have to do that we'll have to change a little but it's it's not the massive change where you feel like when Barkley comes in we lose the passing aspect we're going to try to run all day with Trubisky I don't think we have to worry about that as much we can still let it fly like we like to I think Patrick Mahomes hurting his foot might have led to this move mm. in the playoffs. Yeah, Kansas yeah.
2: City Chiefs. I mean, he got, he ultimately played, although he wasn't 100%. And that Super Bowl loss was like quite literally 0% Pat Mahomes' fault. But seniors start to go down and you realize how, what the dip is between number one and number two. You want to get the best quarterback in number two. And when the money's right, and again, it was, it's all about, all about opportunity. Mr. Binsky knew he went around the league. He says, I'm not going to start anywhere this year. So, what better opportunity do I have as a number two than to go to, again, an organization where he's going to learn and get better. Right. So
1: yeah. yeah, it's nice to be with a winner and a team that's obviously showing you that they're, they're trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yesterday when, uh, Bean did his little press conference, which was pretty cool that he pushed it back and everything. Right. So they could chat with Barkley before this all took place and everything, but he made a point about mentioning, cause we've seen a lot of, I know uh, you have Greg Thompson on your show and stuff. And I like Greg, he d- puts out a lot of good stuff. Uh, he, you know, puts out the things where he can show all this money that we can get, right. And we can get all these things and, you know, being, you know, being touched on it where it's like, that's, it's an awesome move. Right. But we still have to pay the piper down the road. Right. Like, and then you're talking about. Then you're paying Stefan at 30 some years old, big money when maybe he's not the guy anymore, right? That you could have, you could just stay the course, right? And you just stay where you are. So I thought that was interesting. Do you, do you like that? Or do you vote more of like Greg's way where we should be like, let's just go for it right now and make our moves and let's get after it. Look,
2: this is, I'm going to, I have to middle the answer. I don't want to middle this answer, but I have to, because it's very fair to look both sides of the fence. You're right. You rob Peter to pay Paul right now, but eventually you're going to pay the Piper. So if you keep restructuring these guys, you're backloading their contracts. You're going to make it to a point where good players that you don't necessarily want to cut, get cut. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's very fair. And I will say this. I think they will move some money around if the opportunity comes about. I think the reason why ultimately, and we'll find out in time, that they didn't get Zach Ertz. I don't think it's because of the money. I think it's because um like Marcel Luis Jacques from ESPN was reporting that Philly wanted a third round pick. That's why Zach Ertz is not gonna be a Buffalo Bill right. at the yeah. end of the day. So I don't think he's afraid to move around money, but I don't think he wants to. Now, what Greg says is a very fair point because you get a window to win right now. This team <laughs> they're in win now mode. I mean, that's pretty obvious. They just played an AFC championship game a couple months ago. This is their time. So If you're going to move some money around, if if an opportunity to land, let's say, um, I don't know, somebody like a Richard Sherman at corner or um, a Jadavian Clowney at defensive end, some if if you have an opportunity to land a talent like that, or if they trade for like Daniel Hunter from Minnesota, something like that, it's going to cost you money. You move the money around. You make the case that you're in win now mode. Go all in then. And worry about four or five years from now, a couple of years from now. You know what I'm saying? So Greg makes great points. And there's certainly two sides to that story. You want to be financially responsible. But, and don't forget, by the way, what's the first thing that Brandon Bean did when he took over? He essentially got rid of a lot of money on this yeah. team. Made a lot of moves, got rid of, uh, he he spent a year eating dead cap money so he can get in good cap shape. And he used it wisely because they re-signed a lot of their core. And went out and got a lot of talent before that. But if they have an opportunity, I think if they have an opportunity to get a game changing type player, that's when they'll extend a Trey White or they'll give Jerry Hughes an extension. They'll move a signing bonus around for Deion Dawkins or something like that. So there's both sides of the story. But I, I think Brandon Bean prefers if he has his choice and not do that.
1: Yeah. And I think you're a hundred percent accurate. As you look at it, he's, these moves come around when their moves are being signed, right? Like if we see this restructure, we see this restructure, then we see Milano get signed. We see these things, right? So he's, he's only moving the money if it makes sense for a particular piece that he really knows he wants. Right. right? If he's not seeing that piece, then he's saying, you know what, I'm just going to sit pat where I'm at right now and see what happens. You know, like I feel good about where I'm at. Right. You know, like, yes, I want that piece. I want that upgrade, but I'm not going to chase the world right now to make it happen. Right. You know, which you I could, appreciate. Well, you can tell that. by his actions. You can right. tell
2: by his actions, Colt, because if he wanted $25 million in cap room right now or whatever, he would have made these moves and went shopping. He's holding yeah. his cards. And if he needs to play one of his cards, then he will.
1: Yeah, and I don't he I don't see that being ever giving up a third round pick for Ertz, and I think yep. he values he I think he values two and three very highly, you know, compared to yeah, not I mean, for a thirty one year old declining tight it, end. Yeah, no. yeah, I mean, like you could, there is so much more opportunity to just hold on to it and see, right? Like try try the third round and see what happens, right? Like you've got at least four or five years of it guaranteed. Ertz, you might get one, right? Yeah, so, especially
2: it, that type of player. I mean, if he, he'll get, I think he would give up a third rounder for a younger veteran. Zach Ertz might not be completely past his prime right now, but like he's holding on for dear life to the bottom part of his prime. So yeah, I, I agree
1: one hundred percent. Yeah. And I think we wanted the piece. We wanted the Smith or the Henry or whatever, but when you see that money running around at that price point, I'm like that our, our offense can't afford that money either. Right. Like I don't, we can't pay that piece that much. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, and uh, we'll segue a little bit into the next thing. Cause you brought up Richard Sir- Sherman, right. And everybody all so far has been clamoring, you know, we need cornerback, cornerback two, cornerback two. what are we doing? Well, it looks like we're doing Wallace and we're doing Dane Jackson are going to be competing for it as of right now. Right. And Wallace is doing it for like $0. Right. And, and realistically Dane Jackson is being paid like $0. So, If one of these two guys actually ends up being the guy, it's like super, super smart because it's costing you nothing, right? But you're also risking that Wallace isn't – he's not bad. I like Levi Wallace, and he makes plays when we need him to make plays, and he doesn't make the play when we need him to make plays a lot too. But he knows the system. He's been here. He knows how to work. He fits in with this team. And he proved that yet again, that he, he knows he's on the hot seat by taking a $1 million guaranteed contract. Right. He knows he's in the hot water that he's not necessarily the guy. Right. So I agree that if there's a, I don't know that I'd go Sherman, but if there was like Rhodes or somebody like that was saying, yeah, what what can we do Buffalo? I, I would, I would, I would make a move, but I like Dane Jackson too. I like Dane Jackson a lot. I would, I'll say this though, the money
2: for the contract with Levi Wallace is it does not preclude them from doing literally anything right now. They could go out, they could go out and spend money on Sherman. They could go out and spend money on Xavier Rhodes. There's not a lot of like really big name corners left, which leads me to think that it's very conceivable that that could be your training camp battle at the same token. You could go out and you could sign a Xavier Rhodes or or a Sherman or Listen, don't put in. There's corners out there that we're not in. No one's discussing that Brandy B might end up trading for a corner, a veteran corner, and just saying, you know what? I want to have the best corners in the NFL. You get a good one, you pair them with Trey White. There you go. They also could draft a corner in the first round, the second round. They could take a corner at any time. What I really like about Levi Wallace coming back is this more than anything else. If that's your floor, that's not so bad. Okay. He's a serviceable starter. He's not an all pro. I don't think he's ever going to be an all pro, but you can win with Levi Wallace. You could do a lot worse than him in one year, the money, he definitely wants to be here. You know what, Colt? Sometimes you hear these guys always talk about, you know, I always wanted to be in Buffalo. I always wanted to come back. No, they didn't. They came back <laughs> right. because of the money. All right. This dude straight up told his agent to, don't even counter offers. I want to be in Buffalo. He got less money than what the restricted free agent tenor was gonna be. And he signed with the Bills, what, 24 hours after tampering started? Right. So yep. he's got nothing to lie about it. I believe he really wants to be here. He thinks the Bills are gonna win a Super Bowl. But anyway, I like Dane Jackson, but every year there's always a guy in the Buffalo Bills who kind of woos you a little bit. They make a couple of nice splash plays, whether it's training camp, or last year, Dane Jackson during the regular season, but he's got a lot to earn. So if that's your floor, those two guys battling it out for CB2, I'm happy. That said, what I like most about Levi Wallace is he's a serviceable starter that comes dirt cheap. The punter is making as much money as Levi Wallace. So you can go out and get a veteran, which I still think they're going to do, by the way. yeah, Brandon Bean... All three years now, he, he's the the Bills' kind of ammo has been let's get a veteran corner at, at CB two and see what happens. It hasn't really worked, but Josh Norman, uh, the year before that, Kevin Johnson, um, mm-hmm. EJ Gaines. So that's kind of been the Bills' offseason ammo is to get a grizzled veteran. Vontae Davis did not right. work out, but you know what I'm saying. That that's kind of been what they've done the last couple of years. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that again. They can still look to the draft, although that's a lot less important now having Levi backs, So I like Levi because you could do pretty much anything. And again, worst case, if if that's your floor is him as a starter, you could do a lot worse. It can't all be pro bowlers. He's serviceable.
1: Right. And in worst case scenario, he goes and you eat a million dollars. I mean, you just had Trent Murphy sitting on the bench for nine million last year, you know, not playing games. So one million dollars shouldn't be a massive ordeal. But I I agree with you. He's going to bring in somebody else. Right. He's just waiting to see where the dust settles and see what happens. Right. He's got his competition in place and knows it's there, but he's going to find another piece to add into the puzzle, especially like if Trey goes down, you need to know that there's something firm and solid there, right. You know, that you can, you can count on. Listen, (laughs) it
2: seems crazy to say, because so many names and so much money is being thrown out there. These couple first days of free agency, but it's, it's very early. There's still Mm -hmm. a lot of people out there and and there'll be more people that come out there because some guys are going to sign with a team and the, the reaction is going to be to cut a player. You know, you, you bring in one, you get rid of one. So, it's going to be a process as of right now, though, Levi Wallace is in pencil, very light pencil, not even a number two pencil, like light pencil. I think he's your CV V two, but hold on. Right. Cause that could change. But again, I, I don't hate it.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and I I actually am enjoying the one-year deals. I think that benefits us greatly right now, right, is because we can can tamper with some pieces to the puzzle and see if they work. And if they work, great, we keep you around. If they don't, oh, well, we try again and we did it cheaply, right? And we need to be as cheap as we can right now. So I I love the one-year deal. I think a lot of people don't like it. And I actually like hearing that a lot of the players want it this year, right? Because now, especially that they've seen the contract for how much money the NFL is going to be making now, they weren't going to wait. Right. Just give me this year. Get me through this year. I'm going to sign something big next year. Right. Yeah, you know, Levi,
2: like, Levi Wallace goes out, has a good season. He becomes a starter or not becomes remains a starter plays Well, he's going to go out and he's going to get paid and the cap's going to go up. So
1: it's a good move for both sides. It's a win win, I think, for both both parties. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a good move. You kind of hit on it, too, a little bit. Um, were you, I was cool with the punter move. I mean, I, I like Bojo and I just we obviously don't need a punter that much. Right. Like or hopefully that trend continues. Right. You know, I don't know that it's necessarily going to continue, but I kind of felt like mostly it was just I think he was asking for too much money right? And we were going to know that we're going to be cheap and as good as he was, there was a lot of times where he puts the ball at like the one, two yard line, just a little too far. And it turns into a touchback. And this other guy's fairly good at just keeping it close. He doesn't have a big leg, but we also don't punt inside the 20 very often, right? We're, we're, we're tending to be trying to drop them from like the 50 in there. Right. You know, so it's interesting. They're both, their hang times are close. And I, I don't know if there's like two, if Because you can look at all the numbers and they're very they're very damn close, right? You look at this and go, So what's the big deal? So I wonder if it's just do we truly know if Bojo was doing exactly what they were asking him to do, or if they just weren't truly getting what they were looking for from the punter. I'm gonna be completely honest with you, okay? Colt, I Mm -hmm.
2: this is the portion of the interview where I hear you you ever you know the Charlie Brown cartoons where you hear wah 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 wah. I say (laughs) that because here's why here's why I say that. I don't care about the punter.
0: <laughs> I right. don't care I mean, about the like, punter.
2: I, I truly don't. I, I will say this. C- from what I understand, Corey Bohorquez. it wasn't so much about money because they didn't tender him at 2.1, but they signed Hawk for three years at 1.8 per year. My understanding is Corey Bojorquez which I don't know why, and this is very surprising, He didn't want to be here long-term. Brandon Bean did not want to sign a punter to a one-year deal. That's why he didn't tender him as a restricted free agent. He wanted his punter here on a three-year deal. And from what I understand, Corey Bajorquez, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, but he didn't want to be here for three years. He didn't want to sign a long-term deal. So I don't know. It does, again, I'm no punting expert, and frankly, I don't care, but I mean, I do look at stats and I do read some other people's tweets or, you know, look at some information. Hawk is more of a finesse punter, you know, like coughing corner kicks, whereas Cory Bojarquez is a boomer. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: it's funny because Cory Bojarquez had a very good year last year, by all accounts. He struggled. If you remember, he was a terrible punter before last year, but he was really good last year. So, I thought it was a, <laughs> you go to up and down the list of the bills, free agents that were pending, whether it was restricted or un- unrestricted to me, Corey is coming back to Buffalo felt like the biggest lock. He's a punter. There's only 32 jobs in the NFL and the bills obviously won him because he had some of the best stats of any punter in the NFL, but for whatever reason. And again, I think it's because he didn't want to sign long-term. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the cap's going up and somebody got in his ear and said, he's going to get paid. I don't know. I can tell you this, a Reed Ferguson's brokenhearted.
1: Yeah. I mean, this that, is, that's his
2: boy, man. That yeah. Sucks. I mean, it's,
1: it's I like you said, I thought it was a lock too. I didn't even think it was going to like turn into anything that would even reach the end of the off season. Right. Or they would just be like, okay, so yep. You're going to stay right. Like we don't need anybody else. You're doing great here. Let's just keep rolling. Right. Like how long do you want to be here? All I wondered, right? I
2: wondered out loud too if, and this is just me guessing, I have no early idea, but if you remember last year, there were some holding issues on kicks, like the punter generally holds for extra points yeah. and for field goals. And I'm wondering if there was some kind of issue with, I know early in the season, there was with court Horquez with a couple holds where the laces were in mm-hmm. on a couple of kicks that for Tyler, for Tyler Bass. that went wide. I don't know. I, I really don't. I just, I'm at a loss. I'm surprised he didn't want to be back and I'm surprised he's not back. But if I'm being completely honest with you, because that's what podcasting is—is is honest <laughs> conversations.
1: I just don't care, right? I mean, but with but, but but he was like Bojo like the previous year. You were generally nervous when he would come out, right? Sure. Like because he might shank the shit out of one. Yeah, right? he might send it twelve yards up the field, right? Yeah. And you'd be like, "Well, they're freaking kidding me right now, yeah. right?" Like <laughs> last year, I didn't. Every time he came out, it was like, "Okay, cool." you know, and he looks like he's going to destroy somebody. I mean, he's like thick and like he can run down there and take somebody's head off. Right. So yeah, it's cool. But yeah, I I agree that that's a position that you just don't want to mess around with. Like to me, that was like when you had the opportunity to sign Williams long-term, you do that. If you can secure both sides, just do it, right. Take that away from you, get it off your plate right now and just focus like punter. Okay. Is there anybody good available? (laughs) Okay. How many years? Cool. Thanks. I'll see you uh, You'll be in your shorts and stuff. Right. Okay, cool. We'll see you. <laughs> Thanks. Right. Like, so right, I, right, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I was stunned by it a little bit, but they obviously knew something was going on because there was word too, that they had brought in that other kid who would had been hurt. Right. And was trying to make his way back that Miami ended up signing. Right. right. So, um, Obviously they felt like he wasn't going to stay. Right. And when they went to him, which is, it felt totally weird to me. Cause like you said, it was a lock, but yeah, it, no, I don't know to me, but so really in all in all to me though, like we kind of talked about this, um, a little bit earlier on, but to me, all of these things that are taking place right now, like if you're not pumped, to be like a Bills fan right now, like you're I feel like we're walking down like a true like 10 year path here of being a consistent team. And I feel like we finally as an organization are the ones that people should look at as, hey, look at them. They're doing this right. And they're winning instead of don't go to Buffalo. Stay away from Buffalo unless you're just trying to make a bunch of money for a couple of years. Right. <laughs> just don't go there. Well, the
2: bars changed the right. the standards have changed. And that's not just in Buffalo. Like Bills fans always are going to set the bar pretty high because we live here and we want the team to be well. The bars changed around the league. People consider Buffalo an upper echelon team. And that was, I I mean, it's obvious to say now because the Bills just made the AFC championship, but you could see throughout the season, you could see the coverage, how it started to shift a little bit. Josh Allen at first became, you know, a nice little story. And then that progressed and snowballed, but then it was the defense, the entire organization. So now there's a, there's a bar. And and again, the standard is much higher now in Buffalo. And here's my favorite part about all this that's going on right now. You kind of hinted at this a little bit. I've grown up a bills fan. I've been rooting for the bills my whole life. And I know this, There's been for many, many years now, there wasn't free agency before the Bills until the end of the Super Bowl era. So I'm talking pretty much mid-90s to to the last couple of years. Once that drought started and and, it just felt like it was never going to end, there was only two ways that, and I've said this before, there's only two ways that somebody was coming to Buffalo as a free agent if they had any choice in the matter. If you get drafted or you're traded, you know you really can't do anything about it. But as a free agent, you came to Buffalo one or two ways. Either A, the Bills just massively overpaid you, you know, <laughs> yep. like the money's so good. Do you think, honestly, Myron Williams, do you think when he realized he was going to become a free agent, you think his first choice was, oh my God, I, I want to be a Buffalo oh, Bill? Buffalo? Hell yeah. Oh. No, but you know what? <laughs> money <laughs> talks, right? You said a hundred so, million? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Buffalo. Exactly. So money talks, if, if the Buffalo Bills organization would overpay for talent, Remember the one year where they doled out a crap load of money for Derek Dockery and and Langston Walker on the right side of the line. They were going to fix that with money. But my point is this, those guys come to Buffalo because they were going to get way more in Buffalo than they got anywhere else. So that's one way. The other way was your career's on the downside and Buffalo's where you go to, if you're an outcast, you weren't getting paid anywhere else. Nobody else really wanted you. You lost your job as a starter whatever it may be. Buffalo is your opportunity to kind of restart your career a little bit and then get back in open market and get out of Buffalo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So those were the two circumstances where free agents came in terms of players on the team. They would play, they, they get paid and they won't get paid in Buffalo because they didn't want to stay in Buffalo for that second contract. If they played well, when they were younger, Paul mm-hmm. was listening. you know, I could keep going a lot, lots of players like that now. Your, what I saw last week with the Buffalo Bills blows me away. I don't care who they signed. They could have signed John o. Smith and Hunter Henry. They could have signed, name it, it doesn't even matter. Any free agent out there, what impresses me most right now about the Buffalo Bills was last week, how they re-signed Matt Milano, how they re-signed Darrell Williams, and how they re-signed John Feliciano. Three guys who were primed to get the best paydays of, of their career to this point. They resigned all three guys without them even testing the market. They never even made it to the open market. No legal tampering from Milano, Williams, or Feliciano because they wanted to be here. This is the core set, the standard set. Bill's players like the fans. Believe it It's not, it's not a one-way street. It used to feel like a one-way street. The fans love the players. Players don't give a shit. Not the case anymore. The players love these fans. They love being in Buffalo. They love playing here. They're in a good organization. They run well. They're managed well, lots of talent, and they want to be here. They want to be here. That's the thing I keep hammering home that I can't get over. I thought when Matt Milano did not get franchise tagged, I resigned myself to him being gone. Mm-hmm. Me too. You know, But he's back and he didn't even test the market because he wanted to be here. Levi Wallace wanted to be back. I, I can't remember the last time that's really happened in Buffalo. I mean, you hear it but you don't see it. We're seeing it now. And that's
1: everything to me, man. It's a, it's really an exciting time. Yeah. I mean, especially because the uh, part of that is that you touched on it is that you, every guy that we've had is always been, I'm going to keep my guys. I'm going to build through the draft. I'm going to build through the draft. I'm going to keep them. I'm going to keep them but you can't keep them when they want to leave. Right. You, you know, so like you could, you can't do that until you've been able to build a winner. Right. And you're doing the right thing. And that's why our guys are staying now. Like we're drafting them and they're staying because we've built a winner now to where it's actually can work and you don't have to just turn the free agent bubble and you get this, you hit on your draft pick. He plays awesome for four years and then he goes and plays for new England. Right. And he wins super bowls. Right. You know, like you, you, like it was just so frustrating, but now you truly feel, and you mentioned with all those signings and just bringing your pieces back. And I think we really made an effort to do that this year because there's concern too, that we're going to have a shortened off season and things like that. And keeping your continuity to me is a massive piece to the puzzle of being able to create winning teams for consecutive years. So I think that Brandon Bean has just been doing a phenomenal job with that. And I, And I say Brandon Bean, but realistically, it's because everything is working, right? It's everything that's working right now. The coaching's working that, you know, when your coaches are being interviewed by everybody else every season, you're talked about that your guys are going to be gone at the end of the season. I mean, you're doing the right things and you're in the right places, but it doesn't matter if you're not winning, right? Because they tried saying for years, the Bills are turning it around. They're turning it around. We still couldn't win. But now that we're winning, I feel that we finally have got the piece of the puzzle, right? That we are truly missing. We we should be set to move forward as long as we ink number 17 for a long-term, you know, for at least another four-year deal. He ain't going nowhere. I can promise right.
2: you that much. Yeah. Gone are the days of guys like Nate Clemens and Antoine Winfield and I mentioned Pablo Zlozny and... Stephon Gilmore, guys who become good players, get to free agency and go get paid somewhere else. These guys want to stay. And you said it perfectly, though. It's about winning, all right? Right. You can love the city of Buffalo all you want. You can love the wings. You can love the city of Orchard Park or Hamburg, wherever these guys live, downtown Buffalo. But you know what? If you're 6 and 10 every year, you're going to want to go somewhere else. So, yeah, the winning is obviously, at the end of the day, the winning, it's all about the winning, man.
1: Absolutely, and you can see that I, I'm sure you've been perusing around. you have been watching that Emmanuel Sanders is getting beat up a little bit for his choice of ranch over blue cheese. Uh, he he wants hey, to get hey, some wings I... and he's he's getting eaten up a little bit about it. There it's all over the well, place. Well, people
2: need to stop that because I'm gonna tell you what, Emmanuel Sanders is 100% correct. Blue cheese is gross, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. So's ranch. They're both gross, and they're both disgusting. Good for him, man. He ain't kissing no butt, man. He's
1: telling people it's what's funny. up. I love it. Yeah, he was even like, man, I, I thought I liked blue cheese, but this blue cheese is bad. said
2: it was like spoiled milk or something like <laughs> yeah, that. He's yeah, he's like, this is bad. I agree with him. It is, it's freaking <laughs> terrible. He, I wish he would have talked to me first. I would have told him. He would have saved himself some
1: trouble. I hate it. That's funny. All right, Pat. Well, I think we've pretty much kind of hit on everything that we want to chat about. We're coming up close to an hour here. I want to give you a, a, a little opportunity here to chat up because I know you uh, you just announced a couple weeks back here, I guess last week probably it was, that you've made some big moves. And uh, I just want to give you some time to you know, let everybody know what's going to be happening with you. Yeah. Talking Buffalo Podcast is now part
2: of the Blue Wire Pod Network. Um, it's, it's a really good lineup. Tyler Dunn is part of that lineup. Um, the guys from rock power part, I way blue wire. It's just going to be, a, it's an opportunity to, to grow the podcast more and, uh, you know, just kind of take us to the next level. They're doing a lot of stuff in terms of marketing and things like that. And they've really, uh, you know, they put some faith in me to, to put out a good show. And like I said, I'm doing Tuesday and Friday shows. Tuesdays is a, uh, it's a variety show. I have, again, who knows who, to, I had Jay Skirsky on this past Tuesday. I had Benjamin Albright on the week before. Um, that's revolving. That's always different. I like to mix it up. And then every Friday, I'm calling it Dell Friday. I got Dell Reed from 26 Shirts on. And again, we're going to talk about whatever that week's campaign is with 26 Shirts. We'll spend some time talking about the city of Buffalo, what's going on in Western New York. We'll talk little bills, little sabers. And then we do some fun segments. Like we live both list. Uh, we call it Dell's fave five. And uh, like this past week, um, this past week, we did top five favorite movies from the eighties last week or the week before that was about chocolate bars, just all kinds of fun little regular segments that I do with Dell. And then the other thing is throughout the week starting. In fact, I just did my first one on Wednesday Doing bonus episodes. In this case, I called it an a pod. When the Buffalo Sabers fired Ralph Kruger, I grabbed <laughs> Joe Yurden on, and we had a reactionary podcast. I mean, it was out like maybe just a couple hours after uh, the firing. Which, by the way, I knew that was happening the night before. You can oh, really, yeah, you can ask some people, man. I, I started sending out some DMs. I knew it was coming. Somebody had told me. I like can say who. Someone connected with the Buffalo Sabers said, "I'll tell you what, Pat, you might want to." Do an unplanned podcast for tomorrow. <laughs> so Excellent. I kind of knew whatever. But anyway, my point was so yeah, I have those kind of things. I'm going to be doing some retro episodes where me and a guest will talk about an event from Buffalo's past and uh, kind of like a, a deep dive into that. Whenever something comes up, some big news, I might have more merch pods. But yeah. Tuesdays and Fridays are always going to be every week and uh, scatter the rest throughout. And when you subscribe and we're on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple and Spotify, Google, all them, they get sent right to your phone or, or your iPad or laptop, whatever the hell it is that you listen to a podcast on, man. But yeah, it's fun, dude. I really, I enjoy it a lot. I really do. Every now and then, and I'm sure you feel the same way having a show, you get a little bit of that burnout. You know, you're a little bit tired at times of doing it. It happens like once in a blue moon, but I get get over it really quick because I just I really like talking to people, man. I have good, interesting conversations and it's a it's a lot of fun
1: and the feedback's been great. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely was, uh, happy to have you on. And, uh, if you guys haven't been, uh, listening to Pat's stuff, uh, obviously he, I think you've got 302 episodes now, is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, so just three, uh, just went over 300. just hit 302 episodes. So you've got plenty to listen to. So uh, when you get over there and, you know, make sure you leave Pat a review uh, over there at the podcast too, you know, he does a great job. So, uh, you know, make sure he's trending up the charts by leaving him a review and everything. So, uh, Pat, thank you very much, man, for coming on. Uh, absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, great, great content from you. I mean, all your stuff you're doing is great. I enjoy it. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, everybody I think speaks pretty highly of you and it's for a good reason because you do great stuff. Um, and, like we talked about, uh, 26 shirts, you know, uh, we got Trenton Washburn right now. He's the cause of being the builder. So if you guys haven't been over to 26 shirts to so check that shirt out yet and want to help out head over there. Um, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's, you know, cerebral palsy awareness month, uh, next Thursday, the 25th is cerebral palsy awareness day, right? So where your green, all that St. Patty stuff gets reused. Uh, and then if you're enjoying the show, um, you know, obviously, uh, you guys can find me everywhere is on uh, Twitter, you know, wherever, if you, if it's social, I'm there, right. If, uh, if the podcast is available, anywhere you want to listen to it, if you guys want to support the show, you can head over to the Buffalo nerd.com. That kind of shows you everything that's going on. And, you know, you can uh, really appreciate everybody listening in, um, been getting good feedback so far. I've been having a lot of fun, got a lot of cool guests lined up, uh, you know, as good as Pat, hopefully, um, you know, moving forward here in the future. So thank you everybody for being here, uh, Pat, thank you. And uh, that's for, for today, guys. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Buffalo Nerd with Colt Schroeder. Before you go, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Find Colt on all social channels at The Buffalo Nerd and at TheBuffaloNerd.com.